up, guys? My name is Victor, and welcome back to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I am your host, and I am so excited for today's episode. We have a lot of cool things going on, especially with recording right now. I hope maybe you guys can tell. Maybe not. Maybe I just wasted a ton of money, but I actually got something for my microphone to help clarify it. So I have, if you guys are audio nerds, I'm going to nerd out for a second. I have the, uh, I have the SM7B. It is a studio quality mic. It's what's used for a lot of podcast YouTubers. It's kind of like the entry level studio mic. It's a dynamic microphone and it is absolutely fantastic. It is such a good microphone. However, when you have such a good microphone, they they do things to it to help make the audio sound better. And one of the things this microphone does is it records really low. So it records at like negative 60 dB or something like that. And when you record on something that's that low, you can't hear it. There's no volume. You can't, you, just, you have to have something to boost the levels. And so what I had been using was kind of like this crappy $40 tube amplifier that was boosting the 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 gains on my microphone but it was just being really staticky you could hear some of the background things it was still really good and like not complaining here it sounded excellent but uh, it was just it was annoying my ears and so what I did is I went out and I got the cloud lifter which is what you're supposed to get with this microphone and it boosts your levels about 50 to 60 db and then you plug that into your into your preamp and then you're good to go and so uh so yeah or into your mixer and you're good to go so Hopefully it sounds a lot better. Hopefully there's less background noise. Hopefully there is less static. Cross our fingers. We will see. But yeah, so I'm super excited. I kind of nerded out there and I'm super excited to edit this audio because I am just that a nerd. I hope you guys are enjoying your Easter break. Maybe you guys are off of school. Maybe you guys have a few days off, whether it be Friday or Monday. I hope you guys are doing really well. I hope you guys enjoy time with your family. Uh, Easter egg hunting, because we know Easter egg hunting is what, like, that is the point of Easter. There's a really, there's a really good podcast. I talk about them a lot. Doctrine and Devotion. They released a podcast recently, maybe a few weeks ago, called, like, helicopter drops or Eastern helicopters or something like that, where churches put on these big extravagant events to get people into church. And it was really interesting. So I may link that in the podcast description so you guys can listen to that. Uh, They really do a good job. And um, they talk about just why some of those large things are so unnecessary. It's really good. Um, And so, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy time with your family. Uh, Remember what the true reason of, you know, remember what Easter signifies. Um, It's really cliche, but we should be remembering uh, what Easter, you know, signifies daily because that is what that that is what saves us. You know, the the assurance that we had Jesus raising from the dead and uh, ascending back into heaven, giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit, which seals us for eternal life. Uh, I hope you guys I hope you guys meditate on that. Today is going to be a shorter podcast. Uh, well, I always say that, and it ends up being twenty minutes anyway. So we'll see. Today is meant to be a shorter podcast, and we are going to be talking about something that I'm I'm really excited to talk about. This um, I got to pull my logos up because I'm not that smart. We're going to be talking about the self existence of God from Louis Burkhoff. Now. If you guys don't know yet, this is our third week in Louis Burkhoff's Systematic Theology. 
and I've gotten really good feedback from it. People really seem to enjoy it. So I hope that you guys are enjoying it. If you guys haven't picked up the book yet, it's $12 on Amazon. Just go get it. Um, even if you don't have time to read it, just go get it. Put it on your bookshelf. Let it stare at you for a bit. And maybe you'll pick it up every once in a while as we're going through these podcasts. So yeah, um, I've really enjoyed going through the systematic theology. We've done two really fun topics last week. We did a special, or we did a special and general revelation, which is just such a fun topic. We could have talked, we could have gone into so much more detail. Um, and then the week before that, we talked about the knowability of God and, and how God is both comprehensible and incomprehensible. So that was a really fun week. And then the week before that, we talked about just what is systematic theology? Why is it important? What does it do for us? Uh, how should it how should it be used to impact our life? Things like that. So those past three episodes, I'd really recommend going listening to because they're super cool. And um, yeah, and we have some awesome guests coming up soon. Um, and so just be on the lookout, uh, because, because I'm super pumped. Uh, we got Mark Dever coming in the house and, uh, Tim Chalice. And so super excited for both these guys. And I hope you guys are too. All right. So self-existence of God, I'm going to read it straight out of Louis Burkhoff because his words are far better than mine. He says, God is self-existent. That is, he has, gra- he has the ground of his existence in himself. This idea is sometimes expressed by saying that he is his own cause. But this expression is hardly accurate since God is the uncaused, who exists by the necessity of his own being and therefore necessarily. Man, on the other hand, does not exist necessarily and has the cause of his existence outside of himself. The idea of God's self-existence was generally expressed in the term um, asitas, meaning self-originated. But Reformed theologians quite generally substitute for the word independence as expressing not merely that God is independent in his being, but also in his, he is independent in everything else, his virtues, his decrees, his works, and so on. It may be said that there is a faint trace of his perfection in the creature, but this only but this can only mean that the creatures, though absolutely dependent, yet has own dis- yet has his own distinct existence. But of course this falls short of being self-existence. And so I read probably about half the paragraph there, and, and I kind of want to just dissect that. Basically, all this paragraph was saying is that God in himself is ex- is existent. He is self-existent, and what people try to attribute, he is self-caused. And, and Louis Burkhoff and a lot of the Reformers don't necessarily like that term, self-caused, because he has no cause. So even self-caused is, is not a good enough description because God has no cause. He necessarily requires himself to to always have existed. Um, So yeah, I really love the way that he describes that. And then he moves to man, right? And it was really interesting because he says that man does not find his existence within himself. Man is not self-existent. We have to look outside of our being for our existence because we are dependent on another being for our creation. And so we find our existence in God. Whether we're a Christian or not, we find our existence in God. 
This attribute of God is generally recognized and is implied and is implied in heathen religions and in absolute and in the absolute of philosophy. Um, this is something that's really difficult for for people to to truly grasp. And I'll be honest with you, we can try and describe it as best we can. We can try and describe the existence of God the best we can. But the truth is, is our minds are finite and can only comprehend and understand a certain number of things. And most supernatural things are outside of what our brains are able to comprehend. It's just it's just the fact, especially when it's such a gray area or or things that we know are true, like the existence of God, like in Scripture, we know that God exists and is self-existence, but there's no way for us to really logically play that out in our mind. The same thing goes to the Trinity, right? The, the Trinity is three parts, three persons, all being God in themselves, but being one person. There, there's, not, there's not really a way to, to accurately comprehend that in our brains. We might be able to get close. There have been some really good descriptions of the Trinity. There have been some really bad descriptions of the Trinity. But there is, there is no way that we can actually sit down and logically work through how that works because our brains are just finite. Um, and I think that's what that's what Louis Burkhoff hits here, right? He's saying that that we are dependent on our existence because we are not self-originated, we are not self-causing, we uh, we are not self-existent. Um, and so, you know, Louis Burkhoff points to John five twenty six, where he says, "For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son to also have life in Himself." Psalm ninety four eight says, understand, O dullest of people, fools, when will you become wise? He who has planted the ear, does he not hear? He who has formed the eye, does he not see? He who has disciplined the nation, does he not rebuke? This is talking about how God has given us the eye. Well, then he definitely sees. He who gives the nations, he definitely rebukes, right? And so he's giving us um, those descriptions in Isaiah 40, right? Verses 18, he says, to whom will you liken God or what likeness compares to him? An idol, a craftsman casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for silver with its change. He who is impoverished for an offering chooses a wood that he will uh, not rot. This is showing that, that, that there is nothing that can compare to who God is. We do the self-created idols that they are they are existent because of us right the idols are existent because of us and we are dependent on god so these idols can't be self-existent in themselves so what isaiah is saying here is that nothing compares to god in acts uh in acts 7 uh he says he supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand, but they did not understand. Um, and then we talk about God's independence. Um, Romans 11 talks about, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways, right? And how independent God's will is, right? In Daniel 4, we see, uh, we see all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing 
and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can say to his hand or say to him, what have you done? His will is separate. It is independent from what we try to control. Romans 9, we all know this, right? You will say to them, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? Ephesians 1, 5 says, He predestined us for adoption as sons in Jesus Christ according to, the, to his purpose and his will. Revelations 4, 11 says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. The independence of his power in Psalms 115, we see our God is in heaven. He does all that he pleases. The independence in his counsel, right? We see in Psalm 33, the counsel of the Lord stands forever and plans of his heart to all generations. I just hit you with a ton of verses, uh, but, but this is, these are the things that point to God's independence in will, in counsel, in thought, in strength, in power. He is independent in those things. He is self-existent in those things. He does not rely on us to, for him to reach his will or his strength or his power, his counsel or his thought. He doesn't need us to come to those conclusions. He in himself is completely uh, able and, and eternal in his being so that he can do that himself. And so that's kind of, those are kind of the things that, that we need to realize when we look at the existence of God, although we might not be able to comprehend it, the Bible points to it without a doubt. Like this is a non-debatable thing. And there are liberal theologians who, who would argue tons of different things. Let's just get this out. Liberal theologians are crazy whack and don't know what they're talking about. All right. We'll just put it there. Um, and when I say liberal theologians, I'm not just talking about like Pentecostals. I'm talking about like divinity school professors, people who, you know, believe in mysticism and all this like crazy idealism and really just this idolatry. I went to Duke Divinity. I didn't go there for school. I went to just visit the campus because I go to Southeastern. Duke is really close by. Duke Divinity obviously is, is literally just about 40 minutes away. And we walked in the building, me and my buddy, Tyler, he's been on the podcast before we walked into the building and on this, it was like on this crest, it was kind of like this arc, um, architecture thing. And it, it was just, it was like an overhang and there was a plaque on it. And it was just this really weird shape. It was like the star, and within the star, there were all these like lines and symbols, and it was just really weird and confusing. And so I, I walked up uh, to the plaque that was sitting next to it. It had like a little plaque that described what it was. And the plaque literally said, this, uh, this, this symbol embodies every religious symbol in the world showing that eternal life can be achieved through all different means. Like, that's what the plaque said. This is a Christian divinity school. Clearly, it's not Christian. Clearly, it's not Christian. And that was just one of the things that we saw while we were there. Um, and so what what they will normally say is that, well, God God cr was, was created, God God. God is not eternal. He was created. And what he did is when he created the earth, he kind of set it up like a watch, right? Um, and all you have to do is wind up the watch and then all you have to do is put it down and the watch runs, right? It'll tell you the time. And, and so they, they kind of call God just like a big clockmaker. 
And, and the, the earth is his clock. And back at creation, he wound the clock and then just kind of set it to the side and just let humanity do its thing. And like, just let the clock run and God's just kind of sitting back doing whatever. And, and that's not just heresy. That is so beyond heresy that it is a different religion. That, that is not Christianity. Because, because God did not just set us to the side. God entered into our world and died for us. Like we need to get that. We need to get that straight. And so the self-existence of God, although it might seem like this kind of basic, like fundamental kind of thing where, yeah, well, we know God's eternal. Well, we need to understand that, that this doctrine the, of the self-existence of God actually holds quite a bit of weight. And it's quite fundamental and quite foundational to the Christian religion because if God's not eternal, if he's not self-existent within himself, then guess what, guys? He's not God because he's not all-powerful. He's not all-being. He has to be independent within himself completely. He himself is sufficient for himself. And so we need to understand that because the rest of, of the Bible is really going to build itself off of the fact that God is self-existent. And so we really need to try and wrap our, our minds around that as difficult as it might be. And it might be really difficult because, again, our brains, are, are, our minds are finite things, uh, able to only comprehend so much. But let me let me encourage you in that because that's not an excuse for you not to just study doctrine. We should be studying deep doctrine. Here's the thing. We have the Holy Spirit within us. He has sealed us for eternal life. The awesome thing about the Holy Spirit is he's here to convict us of sin. He is here to pray for us, to intercede for us, right? Um, to intercede when, when we're praying to Jesus who's interceding on the right hand of the Father, right? Okay. Uh, don't, don't get confused. Sorry for the weird wording. Um, Though we have the Holy Spirit within us, and and He reveals to us the nature of who God is. The reason the disciples had such a difficult time comprehending these these crazy things that Jesus was saying in the New Testament was because they didn't have the Holy Spirit interpreting them for the disciples. And and we we oftentimes just look at the disciples and and we we look at them and we're like, you're dumb. Like clearly Jesus is God. Like like why don't you understand this yet? But we we have to cut them some slack because they didn't have the Holy Spirit like we do. Right? The Holy Spirit came later when they were sent out into um, you know, the world after the Great Commission happened, you know, and that's when the Holy Spirit came. Right? And I we read that in Acts one and two, right? And so we, we, we need to cut them some slack, but we also need to understand that we are capable of, of studying and learning supernatural things about God. We are capable of doing that because of the Holy Spirit. However, our minds are still finite and we can only understand a certain amount. So we need to pursue that knowledge, but we also need to have a, a proper understanding that, that we're not going to know it all. I once heard it said is a beautiful, beautiful quote by John Piper. I'm not a huge Piper fan, but he does have some good quotes. And he said, John Piper said, the gospel is simple enough for a child to understand, yet so complex that even the, the smartest theologian will not understand its depths. And that's so true. Like the gospel is so simple 
that that your child can understand it. But it's so complex that no one in this world will ever understand its fullest depths. Never. Until until we're reunited with Jesus one day and he teaches us. See, I don't think heaven is we're just going to be these floating these floating blobs. I think I think Jesus is going to be teaching us. Like we're going to be sitting at his feet learning about him. Like I th- I'm so excited, especially the little theologian heart in me, right? Because because I'm probably so wrong on so many things, um, except for covenantal theology and amillennial. Like if you're pre-mill, please just stop listening to my podcast because you're wrong. I'm kidding. Please listen to my podcast. Um, but we're going to be sitting at the feet of Jesus and Jesus is going to look to all you pre-mill people and say you were wrong and all the amill people are going to laugh. And that's what I imagine heaven being like. We're just going to laugh at all the people's theology who was wrong. I'm kidding, of course. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, just bringing it back to the self-existence of God, we're wrapping up here. I, I just want to encourage you to maybe dive into that this week in your in your quiet time, in your devotion, in your personal uh, prayer time. Dive into that. Like dive the depths of Jesus's self-existence, of God's self-existence. And, and you'll be amazed at what God shows you about himself. And so guys, Seriously, I hope you guys have a fantastic week, a fantastic Easter. I was thinking about doing something special for Easter, but, you know, I figure every day is Easter in my heart, and I'm, I'm kidding. Um, enjoy time with your family. Enjoy time uh, at your church, fellowship, um, serve people, and, and be praying that the Lord uses this day to save uh, God, God is doing some amazing things in, in my church and with the people in our community. And, uh, we are praying for, for God to just save and that we would just be able to watch him work. And so I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Enjoy your Easter break. I'm praying that the Lord does amazing things. And if you, if, if the Lord does amazing, email me, I'd love to hear those stories. I'd love to get in touch with you. My website is grace-nation.com. My email is gracenationministries at yahoo.com. You can message me on Facebook and on Twitter. You can go to my website and grab some gear, fresh pod every Saturday. The music's going to click in now because doctrine and devotion does that. And uh, whatever. I will talk to you guys soon. Until next time. Nope. See, you are beautiful and you are one of a kind. Until next time, take care and God bless.